Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Call is brought to you by CMC Markets, a world-leading online trading platform for CFDs and shares around the globe. Good afternoon and a warm welcome to you. Thank you so much for joining us for The Call on this Friday afternoon, the 27th of January. We'll be covering 10 companies picked by you. I've got two great expert guests here with me in studio for the next hour. So without further ado, Jim Lu is joining us from Tribeca Investment Partners and we've got Rudy Filipek van Dyke joining us from FN Arena. So good to have you guys in the studio. Thank you. It's great to be here on, in the studio in person. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it does. It makes a big difference. And um, on uh, you know a day of a week of a month where we continue to see this equity market rally. I mean, ahead of today, we're up six and a half percent so far, Jumbe. What gives? Oh, it's, it's been incredible. And I, I think it caught a lot of people by surprise. Um, you know, the first day of the year that we saw a bit of sell off and continuation from last year, people worry about, you know, things falling apart. And it just turned out all the data has pointed to it's not too bad. Now, um, mind you, the equity market has rallied very aggressively. Now, we have seen some of the earnings season took place in the US. Um, you know, the result is a little bit weaker, but share price has responded reasonably um, positively um, even though on a weaker result so um, perhaps it is the worst is behind us um, still going to be a bumpy road but it is a good indication that um, you know people maybe people have been way, way too pessimistic mm. interesting and then of course in the wake of quarterlies in the states we start getting earnings season coming through yes. Well, here now, ResMed is our stock of the day. I'll, I'll foreshadow that but also reporting season I mean I mean how important is this reporting season going to be Rudy well, it, it will have to answer some questions. And the question always is, will it answer those questions? I mean, we, I mean one observation that stands out is that um, the laggards from last year seem to be uh, surprising to the upside with their results. Well, that's pure mathematics at work as well. But you can also see from the share price responses, the market remains skeptical about what's going to happen with consumer spending. Um, the likes mm -hmm. of JP Hi-Fi, Super Retail and the likes, they may surprise with their results. Post the initial response, the market is not really going there at the moment. So there's still question marks, and 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 the, the comments made earlier, that's that's how the market works. Yeah, share prices go up, everyone becomes more positive. I mean, that's that's how simple it goes. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's find out how positive we are on any of these companies. And to our point about earnings, uh, we'll get to our stock of the day in just a moment. We'll be discussing Transurban, NextDC, Sonic Healthcare, Bubs Australia, and GQG Partners. But ResMed's second quarter result was a beat at the revenue line with particular strength in masks and accessories and the SaaS business, the software as a service business. However, offsetting the revenue beat was lower than expected gross margins, which meant that earnings were in line with consensus estimates. Now, the board has appointed Mick Farrell as chair of the board, he's the MD, with current chair Peter Farrell to become a chair uh, emeritus and to remain an active board member. So don't forget that there is a bit of family pedigree in ResMed as well. And shares are up today, uh, more muted gains at this stage of the session than the initial reaction, but up by four tenths of 1%. Um, I see both of you guys nodding. Now, I'm not quite sure what that's about. So I'll start with you, Junbei. I mean, it, it, what do you make of the results and what's to come? Sure, look, I, I think the result was pretty good. Um, it's um, in line with expectations to slightly beat uh, something like 2%. Um, tax rate was a little bit lower, so people call maybe a little bit lower quality beat, but still it grew very, very strongly. Um, I think um, the uh, this stock, interesting with Resume is because it's dual listed with the US mm -hmm. and Australia, and this result came through uh, after US market. So, 
Um, and this stock share price tend to be led by the US market. Mm -hmm. So right now, Australian investors sort of sitting on the sideline because it's kind of a muted result. It's pretty good, but you know, it is what it is. It's the same as um, you know what it was in the past few days. And share price has rallied very aggressively into this result. So you know, a muted response is actually a pretty good response. And then we will see overnight uh, the small upgrades in the, by the US analysts. And I do think, uh, keep the market hold where it is, uh, do think the uh, US market probably will have a bit of a rally. Um, that means tomorrow it will be a pretty positive day for resume. So we tend to have that kind of lag, um, or if it's a bad result, it will go the other way. But right now, mm -hmm. I think I do think it will be quite positive. Uh, resume, net, net in, if you look at the at the return, it is expected to grow more than 15% uh, over the next few years. It has been a big beneficiary um, because its biggest competitor had this big, huge recall. But now it's get, having more and more problems. So I do think some of those recall and some of those short-term benefit that they have received um, because of that uh, will become a bit structural because of reputational damage and things and some of the um, new device that they sold into those areas where they normally wouldn't have been uh, will mean the higher growth. So um, so I think this company looks quite reasonable. Uh, 30 times earnings uh, next year uh, with the double digit growth for many years to come. Um, you know, it looks very reasonable. Um, for me, it's a buy. Uh, it's uh, it's one of the core healthcare holdings I have. Um, you know, I think, you know, whether this world head into recession or not, there will be slowdown in growth. And this company uh, is going to be recession proof. Yeah, people mm. want to sleep, they want to breathe, yeah, right? It doesn't really right. matter if there's a recession, correct? They might not upgrade their machine, mm. but still. Um, it's a core holding for Junbei. Mm -hmm. And just going by memory, this is one of your high conviction picks, right? I'm about to say, there's a very unusual start to this program. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I mean I obviously, I, mean, I, I own it. I mean, I've owned it for a very long time, uh, still own it. Um, uh, Sometimes you hope actually that the market punishes these stocks for simply performing in line because mm -hmm. you can buy more. <laughs> yeah. Would you, would you uh, buy more if it was down? Uh, yes. Would you buy today? Well, it obviously depends on yeah. how much how much lower. But in general in general terms, it, it's it's very difficult to fault what what uh, June already said about Westmed. I mean, I'm unequivocally a, a supporter of, of of structural growth stories with quality in the share market. This is one of them. I mean, share price has sort of trended sideways over the past two years. Uh, it was a beneficiary in 2020. Um, then you get the macro picture, high high PE ratio. Uh, the currency works against them. Uh, everyone's interested in lithium and not in healthcare in Australia. Um, that all holds the share price back, just like it has done for CSL, Cochlear, and the likes. Um, I think longer term, that story that keeps on going, double digits every year, pretty much. Most years you get a profit, profitable uh, holding of the share, so positive. Um, the only thing I maybe can add is that one of the disappointments in the markets is that when, when Philips, and Philips still mm -hmm. is in, mm -hmm. in, in trouble with their, with their product, um, ResMed has been unable to, to, to grasp the, the full benefit of that because there was this shortage in Well, there were supply chips. chain issues yeah. and everything yeah, so else. So they couldn't yeah. really make, but Pretty much everyone's convinced that they they now have a new advantage that will play out over the longer term. And I mean, Philips products have now been out of the market for almost two years, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, imagine if you have one of those uh, in, in if you're using one of those, you're probably gonna gonna think about switching. I mm -hmm. think. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well. My dad doesn't go anywhere without his ResMed uh, CPAP <laughs> machine, so there you go. Uh, that's a double buy. That's the stock of the day. All right, let's get to the first of the list picked by you. This is for Sam, and it is Transurban TCL. So coming into this period of inflationary pressures, plenty of people were recommending Transurban as a way to benefit, really, from the inflation story. Um, what do you make of it, Junbei? Look, I just think it's a very expensive, it's expensive defensive. And uh, yes, uh, it does have direct inflation pass-through, so they can put up their prices in line with what inflation number is. Um, uh, it, but don't forget, it's got a lot of debt as well that also will mm -hmm. be readjusted higher. So uh, your return net-net doesn't really change all that much. Sometimes, yeah, you know, there's timing mismatch and, you know, return can be eroded for the near term. Uh, so I think for Transurban, it's just a very expensive way to play the inflation leverage because there's no, not much operating leverage because of the high prices. Um, I think um, it's uh, it's a neutral to sell for me. <laughs> I'd much rather to put that money into other um, sort of defensives where they're less expensive, um, you know, 
number of things that healthcare sectors come to mind and you know Ramsey they all infrastructure like stock but whereas you don't have to pay huge price for it um, yes I know the bond yield stabilized valuation crunch is done but you know much rather buying even Goodman group um, you know with similar sort of characteristics um, but they have a lot more growth um, so you know on that basis it's a it's a neutral to sell for me um, just put that money somewhere else but it's not it's it's defensive mm-hmm. okay um, also if people are really feeling the pinch in their pockets, yeah. I mean, do people take a longer route rather than use one of Transurban's roads? Do you want to really stand in a queue for, for, for such a long time? I'm not, I'm not convinced about that. And by the way, it's, also, it's not just about you and me. It's about trucks yeah. and, uh, and buses and all, all the likes. Um, I disagree a little bit with, with, with uh, I mean, I don't think it's a, it's, a, it's a strong sell here. I do agree with the fact that it's, I wouldn't be buying it here. But if I owned it, I would probably keep it for, for one simple reason. Um, historically, you will find that the best dividend strategies are with companies that can increase their dividend year in, year out. Post the pandemic, now we have the recovery. Um, I think Transurban is one of those companies. They will increase their dividend this year, next year, and a year onwards. The market is a little bit worried, or has been, with, with the, 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 the debt profile. But the average... Uh, expiry of their debt is eight years from here. That means they have plenty of time to, uh, we, who knows where interest rates will be in eight years time. So they have plenty of time. So that effect comes comes very much at a delay. And I think that's why the share price is where it is. The market has grasped that and think like these guys actually look pretty good. And the dividend will increase. So I actually, to be honest, I'm a long supporter from, uh, from, uh, from Transurban. I've owned it for a very long time. Not anymore. I, I think I sold them 2019 or 2020. Um, so I think it's 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 a long-term hold for sure. Um, would I be buying it here? No. The, the only thing I don't like here is the share price. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why did you sell? You don't mind me asking? Um, well, because you realized that uh, uh, maybe at the time for memory, uh, the share price might have been too high, but I also realized at the time they will no longer increase that dividend. They probably had to cut it. And when you, when that part of your portfolio which you allocate to dividends, if they have to cut their dividends, then there's no use of owning them, right? For the simple reason, I at the time remember, I sold at Atlas Etheria in 2020 as well because they really had to cut their dividends as well. There's no need of owning them when you when you own them for the dividends. Mm-hmm. Okay, how, how important are dividends right now, particularly given we're still likely in for a volatile year? Mm, of course. So dividend as a factor has performed very well, mm-hmm. and Australia uh, traditionally been a dividend has been an income and dividend sort of market. So international investor come to us for the dividend. Mm-hmm. Um, I think dividend will be the key. Um, I think this year will continue to do very well. Uh, but do remember, dividend income, you know, majority part, major part, majority part of it is uh, pretty much the resources mm-hmm. and the banks um, and both will do pretty okay this year so banks probably not going to do much in terms of capital growth but mm. the dividend will look pretty good um, and the resources you know just printing cash at the moment things are going pretty well for them so you know I think um, dividend will, will do mm. well and uh, will continue to be supported supporting our market although I do think the resources probably are peaking in their dividends. yeah, yeah. They will start they will start yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. agree yeah, yeah. I agree. the interesting thing I thought about that one is research done by UBS recently if you look historically at the best sector for dividends in Australia, was actually the, the packaging sector. Packaging? Yes, packaging. Oh, that's oh. interesting. I thought it was very interesting. Yeah, yes. yeah it is. So ProPack was out with an update today, bank, but I banks don't... Were, banks were only number three. Yeah, right. Interesting. <laughs> All right, let's get to the next on the list before we get too distracted, and that is Next DC. So this one is for Ken. Ken, I hope you're watching, and don't forget this is information only. It's not... It's not financial advice in any way, shape, or form. I'll start with you on this one, Rudy. Next DC. I can't remember if you were yeah. a believe yet. Yeah. Data yeah. center story. I have it. Uh, I actually bought more uh, in, in the weakness. Um, I mean, I, I, I still maintain that's a long-term uh, positive trend. It's a mega trend still. Uh, the reason why Next DC share price has come down last year is uh, not profitable officially. And, um, and of course, the bond yields have, the, have done their damage. I think nothing has changed at, at the operational structural story. Um, 850, uh, I was really scratching my head when what, what the share price was actually doing there. Uh, now it's 950, I think, something like that. Um, it's still, it's, you have a long-term view. I know it doesn't pay a dividend. It's officially not profitable, but that's ignoring the fact that it's actually an infrastructure stock where, where, the, where the costs come first and, and then you have to build and then the customers come. Um, I've, I've seen absolutely no reason why this 
structural growth story would have changed uh, since the pandemic? Well, not when we're talking about open AI and chat GPT and everything else, but is NextDC the way to play that mega trend, Jumbe? Yeah, I agree. Um, I think uh, make, uh, NextDC is one of my core holdings. Um, I do believe that, um, you know, last 12 months, yes, the company's unprofitable. It got punished on that, on valuation. Um, also, it was, um, you know, last 12 months, it's been pretty quiet in winning contracts, um, although it's rolling out heaps of capacity. So, you know, contract front is a little bit quiet, but so is around the world. You know, most of, a lot of things have gone a bit quieter. Um, and um, uh, so, you know, these are the two reasons why it's sort of, you know, really hasn't really done much. Um, but what um, you know, what's been happening in the last three, four months is that um, globally there's a lot more M and A activity picking up mm. in that space with you know good valuation, very good valuation, um, and um, you know, and then towards the end part of the year, you know, there's been a lot of news flow about you know people looking at this market and things. Um, so you know, so M and A front is has been has picked up, so you know, it does make mm. this company look very attractive, uh, and also. Um, the activity for com commercial awards of a lot of those contracts just started uh, globally. Um, and a couple of small ones started coming through for Next DC, and I do think they're getting very close to the announcement of the next big contract. Um, you know, the, the, there was also, actually, there was another worry last year is that people worry about, you know, likes of Amazon, uh, not Amazon, the, the, big, the bigger um, global um, companies were quite successful in many markets rolling out their own data center. Mm -hmm. um, now, the challenge is they actually struggle to roll it out in Australia. So, um, and that's why the Australian one, Australian incumbent like NextDC does have this, uh, you know, avant huge advantage because, you know, people keep saying Airtron can roll around the world, they buy in data center, it's, you know, worth nothing. There's a lot of short report out there. Um, the reason, you know, those large guys couldn't roll out in Australia is because the zoning and, you know, just complexity in relationship, mm. that just simply means markets like Melbourne, markets like Sydney requires incumbent to mm. really build those successful centers and they have done very well. So I do think, that company in a really good position in winning large contracts and they have done so you know demonstrate that over the last many years and just a bit, bit quiet recently but that just started again um, and also M&A will certainly pick up for this space um, it is a infrastructure stock um, and it is different from your other global peers it it's very uniquely positioned mm -hmm. there was some there was some worry last year as well that they might mm -hmm. expand into Asia and then mm. have to raise money for it but yeah. uh, it would appear that uh, they, they, they are not in a hurry and at the moment, it seems to be uh, off, off the radar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, so that's a buy. That's a double buy as well. Moving right along. I know. I just want to emphasize, I do not have the same portfolio. <laughs> yeah, well, we will see. I mean, are they holding Sonic? Would they be buying it? This is for Danielle or Danielle. Uh, Rudy, Sonic Healthcare. Yes. Usually, we talk about CSL, ResMed, Cochlear, yeah. maybe Ramsey, and then we always forget there's also a Sonic Health. You like Ramsey, though, correct? Yeah, June yeah. Yeah. She's a big fan of Ramsey. <laughs> anyway. um, Sonic is it's, 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 it's about, it's about small details. So Sonic has been a, a big beneficiary of, of the testing. Mm -hmm. And while testing at face value, it only represents a few percentages of the revenue. Uh, it's so high margin that it has had a massive impact on their profitability and their, and their dividends. And now, of course, um, testing is going out the window. It's still being done, but it, it's such much lower oh numbers. Oh my goodness! Like, you uh, can't and, even and not just here, because yeah. Sonic is quite, quite, quite global. I mean, you have Canada, Germany, and the likes. And um, I even think there might now be in Belgium and Holland as well. Um, so that is disappearing from that sector, and that has such a big impact on their forward-looking profitability that I think. That A, that easily explains the share price not going anywhere for the time being. But I think if you own it now, you still get your dividends, uh, which is, I mean, it's still 3% something. But you might have to be patient when that is really behind us, and that might still be another year or so. Um, because the market, market really is always a little bit worried about how, how their imaging will go as compensation of the dropping away of the testing. And the testing really was, you see that that peak, the testing really was important for them. Mm -hmm. And and to to uh, to get that completely out of the numbers, it might be another year, I think. So I wouldn't sell it, but um, I also wouldn't buy it here. Um, you have to be patient if you own it, and you have to know why you own it. Because uh, maybe they're surprised one stage, because they're also very acquisition driven. And you never know when they may have the, have the next acquisition because their competitors overseas would be in a similar position. And often you see with the local competitors, their share prices are much lower. 
because they're not as international as these guys are. So maybe there's opportunities as well. Are you patient enough to be buying and holding Sonic? Look, we um, we can be patient, but um, you know, first of all, as a longshore fund, the capital opportunity costs always matter a lot to yeah. us. So, um, you know, when we look at say, you know, whether I want to be invest with Sonic, um, which is probably a neutral um, for if you're long only investor, you know, just buy and hold, it's probably a neutral because I absolutely agree. Earning, you know, the testing volume will fall fifty percent. Um, you know, market very difficult market to look through that. So, you know, so when you know uh, when the every, everywhere else is doing a bit better, but just too small relative to this so you need to wash through those numbers before you can actually do better and one other thing that potentially could do better for them is if they make an acquisition they generate a lot of cash flow can mm -hmm. buy something and you know Sonic is acquisitive so it could potentially be a you know a, a big positive but net of that is um, you know my view is more of a neutral um, but as a longshore fund manager I much rather take that money out of Sonic and put into say ResMed um, mm -hmm. if the share price falls today I'll buy more of it or put the money in like the Ramsey and you know other mm -hmm. healthcare or even CSL. Um, so just net net in my mind that it's mm. it's a sell from my portfolio mm -hmm. um, just because I can find other buying opportunity. Mm. But if you're long, like a normal investor, you buy and hold, um, it looks okay. You know, it mm. still pays some dividend. Um, if there's acquisition, share price will go higher, um, mm. but it probably would not going to do much in mm -hmm. the next 12 months. Yeah, so that would be a potential catalyst, but just having mm. it okay, that's not... That's not gonna set the world on fire, is it? Okay, so that's Sonic. Let's get to another one on the list, and this is an interesting one, Bubs Australia. Uh, this is, uh, oh, it's got a bit of commentary. I'm interested in the thoughts on Bubs as a contrarian view to the China population decrease due to recent Chinese government incentives to increase the fertility rate. Okay, so obviously really wanting to know what Bub's um, prospects are in the Chinese market in particular. It's also, as we know, making you know some big moves in the US, mm. especially with its infant baby formula. What do you think of Bub's? Look, um, I uh, I think it's very interesting. Um, it is a smaller one relative to the A2. Um, I think relative to the comment about, you know, contrary mm -hmm. view of buying those names, I think it's true. You should be buying either the A2 or the BUB. I'm sitting in A2. <laughs> I think that's okay. an easy way to play. Um, BUBs have made a lot of investment into the US now. They raised money recently and they're going to, you know, try and expand the relationship they have now and then the temporary contract they have in the US, which A2 now also have a temporary contract into the US. The challenge with that focus on US market is that now it wasn't very competitive before, now suddenly becomes very, mm -hmm. very competitive. And it is just too early in its early days with that huge American market to know whether it will really be successful. It may well require a lot more money to be invested to really grow that business. Um, and we're still not sure whether those short-term contracts will become long-term contracts. Mm. Um, so, you know, on that basis, I just think you, you have to be careful. Actually, share price, I haven't noticed, have fallen so far. You know, all that benefit of the U.S. is being washed out because Clearly people gone. worry about, you know, you may have to invest a lot more money to really win that market. A to invest years and years and years mm -hmm. trying to grow that U.S. market never really happened. Now they got a short term and they said, look, we're just doing it as a short term volume, you know, sort of thing and all branding. But it's still based on what's going to happen with Abbott's and everything else. So it's look, it's been too uncertain. I'd much rather sitting A2. Uh, A2 has done very well more recently relative to Bubs. Um, but I still think, you know, there's a contract uh, well, there's a license renewal to come through with the mm. Chinese government. Um, and then with the reopening and the birth rate potentially a bit better in the next few years. And the, it's, it's tipped to be much better. Um, so, you know, I do think A2 is better um, positioned. Got it. Thank mm. you. So what do you think about Bubs? Uh, it's going to be very boring broadcast today. Because um, <laughs> you agree again. I, I agree. With, I, I agree with the different, like, let's put it in a different perspective. I, I look at it from a risk perspective. And usually when you get the choice between the market leader and the also rents, I always go for the market leader. And why is that? On, on, on most occasions, let, let's make it an 80-20 rule you're much better off with the market leader. And in particular, when the market leader, in this case, A2 Milk, has also been sold down and, 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 and is a much better position. Bob is not even profitable at this stage. I mean, and I, I also observed that the whole excitement earlier when they got access to the US has completely priced out the share price now, which again gives you the idea that with these micro caps or these small cap stocks, if you're not there in the moment, you're often better not, not being there at all. Mm. And you're much better off with, with, uh, with an A2 milk. And just adding on to that, one of the analysts um, who covers A2 milk in this market is UBS. And they are equally, even after the stellar share price performance we've seen since, since, since last year, 
they're equally still thinking there's a lot more to come in, in the A2 milk operationally and the share price. So um, take that viewers. Yeah. Forget about Bob's. You know I mean? Yeah, all it's, right. It's, it's, it's a risk assessment. It's much less risk in, in A2 milk for a disappointment than there is in, in Bob's. Mm. And also the A2 has um, something like $500, $600 million sitting on the balance sheet. So it's a very strong balance sheet and you know could get taken out, mm -hmm. who knows, yeah. aside from earnings, is actually just entering into an upgrade cycle. Yeah, okay. So there you go, guys. There's a bit of a bonus buy, a bonus pick in that sector, at least, with A2 milk. Okay, last on the list is GQG Partners. I've just consulted my FN Arena. Morgan's has an ad. Ords has a buy. Macquarie has an initiation of coverage with an outperform. Great resource, that FN Arena. So what do you make of GQG? No, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm more on the sidelines here. A, uh, I'm, I'm not so sure about the wisdom of buying fund managers, uh, active ones. <laughs> um, that's, that's, uh, yeah. that's the other one. Um, I, mean, I think if you're going for that sector, maybe the most obvious one to buy here is Perpetual. Uh, on the assumption that everything uh, with the merger with Pendle will, will go, into, go their way and much more scale and all of that. Um, as we probably will hear from the other side as well, <coughs> this is an incredibly uh, tough market to, uh, to actively manage. And um, I'm just going to kick in an open door here. Most active fund managers find it very difficult to beat the index in this market and have found it very difficult. Just look at the likes of uh, Perpetual, Pendle, uh, you name it. Um, so I'm not so sure whether GQG is, is going to manage to, to do better on a structural basis. And why would I then buy basically what is a leverage on the share market itself? Um, you might as well buy an ETF then. Because at least you get the index mm. with a few costs. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that is a sell if you have it. Ah, don't go there. Yeah, okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll call that an avoid. Yeah. Now Junbei asking you to comment on another fund manager <laughs> is a little bit of a setup. Um, we don't need to cast shade on the whole industry, but to the point, I know you've always said follow the fund flows. I mean, is there any reason to be invested in a fund manager? Um, uh, uh, Two ways, two sides. Um, yeah. First of all, I, I do want to make a comment about um, uh, beating the benchmark. Yeah, being able to outperform, so I thought you our might. Fund, <laughs> Tribeca Alpha Plus, Lotion Fund, we beat benchmark every performance period. Uh, three months, six months, one year, four years, ten years, every performance period. Um, so, you know, we could do it. Just not all fund <laughs> managers are yeah, Just not all of them could do it. Uh, look, so, um, look, uh, you know, uh, uh, I, I absolutely agree. So most of our managers, um, you know, especially long-only managers, really struggle mm. to outperform the market because you don't really have too much edge and it's crowded. So when you buy, you can only hold. And we talk about all these stocks. If you can't short or do other things mm. about it, you mm. kind of just miss out the opportunity. Um, so you know, it's been a very tough market. GQG has done very well. They're very macro um, and they raised mm. a lot of money in the last many years. Um, and uh, more recently, performance started turning a little bit. As mm. I said before, fund managers, if you really have to buy them and I agree you know you should if mm. you really like them put your money with the fund manager not buying mm. the listed mm -hmm. um, head stock mm. um, so you know so they uh, you buy when the flow is strong and when the performance mm. is strong mm. because you know it's tend to yeah well the earning will follow um, and uh, you know and then the performance just started turning a little bit because it's mm. a tough market for macro type of focus um, so you know so my view is that it's probably neutral at best. Um, you know, everyone's got to buy on it. It's neutral at best. Uh, I think a few weeks ago when we talk about, you know, I always like Pinnacle because it's it's more mm -hmm. of a distribution business and more mm -hmm. diversified. Mm -hmm. uh, but a few weeks ago, well, previously when we talk about Pinnacle, it's rallied twenty percent in the last month. Mm -hmm. So you know, heading to result, I think there's a little bit of upside. Um, but mm -hmm. you know, rallying anything rally twenty percent into result, always a bit cautious. Mm -hmm. um, but I do like that business. I think mm -hmm. it's more diversified and it's it's a distribution business really. There's something else to mm -hmm. just the fund manager. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's how I see it. It's probably neutral, um, but you know, net net, it's um, yeah, just put your money with the fund manager, you know, the active fund mm. manager rather than buying the stock yourself. Fair enough. Okay, guys, we're at the halfway mark. Hard to believe. Mitchell, that GQG was for you. I do hope you're watching or listening. However, you choose to consume this content, we're happy that you do. Stock of the day is ResMed, and uh, that was a buy, a <laughs> really solid buy from both of my guests. Um, look, a lower quality beat on the quarterly, but still good, and it's a structural story that's behind it. They expect to see growth coming through 
for quite some time. Transurban, it is a hold if you're after the dividend for Rudy, but it's a neutral to sell uh, for June Bay, and that is because she thinks it's a pretty expensive defensive. Uh, she likes Ramsey in the healthcare space. Next DC, again, a core holding for June Bay Lu, also for Rudy Philippe Van Dyke. They both call it an infrastructure stock. So that is a buy from both of my guests. Sonic, it's a sell, maybe a neutral to sell for June Bay. Opportunity cost, think of that. Where should your money go if you really want to get those returns? Well, it might be a okay for a long-term hold strategy, but uh, that's not how June Bay would play it. Uh, it's a hold for Rudy. He says you've just got to be patient. There could be, you know, M&A further from Sonic. There could be some sort of a key catalyst coming through, but when it happens is anybody's guess. Uh, number four on the list is Bubs. Now, both of my guests say that they would prefer to have A2 Milk in the space. Now, Jumei agrees with the, you know, the idea of having this contrarian uh, play on China, um, but she just reckons that the investment that it needs to make to win the U.S. market is going to be pretty steep. And Rudy just says, why wouldn't you be in the market leader, which is A2 Milk? And it's not profitable. Uh, now, also GQG Partners, you just heard both of my guests talk about it. So it's an avoid for Rudy. It's a neutral at best for Jumbe. She'd prefer Pinnacle because it's more than a list. It's not a listed fund manager. It's actually a distribution business. Okay, so that brings us to our Ausbiz portfolio. So it's a high conviction fund. Our investment committee decides what goes in based on you know what comes from this program. I think, as you well know, we are shooting another episode shortly. So if you need to catch up with last month's, it's still online at ausbiz.com.au. Here's a little snapshot of what it looks like. I'm just quickly looking to see if ResMed is in there. You know, it is not. So ResMed, because it's got that double buy, will be going to the investment committee and they will have to decide if they're putting it in or leaving it out. It's funny, I, I'm sure we've had conversations about ResMed. I don't know why it's not in there. Oh, Henry, Henry the Jennings doesn't like it. Uh, he doesn't like it, <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know what. Anyways. He uses the product, but he doesn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> that says a lot. Well, he must be getting great night's sleep. All right, here is the performance of the fund on a cumulative return basis since its inception on March the 1st, up by 14%. So yeah, keep those requests coming in and we'll keep putting it to our expert guests. And again, it's the economy is stupid. It's absolutely playing this. And it's the US dollar stupid. Bad news is good news story continues. You want income. We're kicking an idea around. I'll add you to the email. The four of us, I'm sure we can rustle up my opinions. The most absurd road rule in the world. The last call is brought to you by AVL Wines. Invest in the home of Australia's premium wine, spirits, and ready-to-drink cocktail brands. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. So we're back and let's get across the next round of stocks we'll be talking about with my guests, Jun Lu from Tribeca and Rudy Filipek van Dijk from FN Arena. Karun Energy, that one's come up a few times this week, actually. It was the stock of the day a couple of days ago. Mass Holdings, Electro Optic Systems, EOS is the ticker code, Insurance Australia Group, IAG, and Australian Vintage, which happens to be the sponsor of The Last Call. <laughs> It's a bit of a coincidence. All right, let's get to it. Karoon Energy, this one is for Richard. Uh, what do you make of it, guys? I'm producing. Uh, oil price is on the up. Will it continue? I mean, so much of these companies' fortunes are just tied to the oil price, correct? Mm, that's very true. So, um, you know, oil price on the way up and everyone's all excited now after the fall. Uh, but then there's also discussion that, oh, some of the inventory pick up in the US and what does that mean for... Look, these macro factors, very difficult to call, but net they were saying on 12-month period, uh, oil price probably 
probably either where it is or a little bit higher, right? So because China's coming back online, a little bit slow down. Mm. But um, that's why I feel when you buy those stocks, you don't just want to buy the mature one that doesn't really have too much volume growth and things because it's then entire share price is to do with uh, where the commodity price is going. The reason everyone likes this one at the moment, um, I hope everyone likes this one, so you look through all the consensus and brokers, everyone loves this one, is because it is a mid-cap smaller company. It's up and coming. Uh, it's got uh, production in the reserve recently just being um, you know, upgraded. Mm-hmm. Um, so its production number is up significantly quarter on quarter. So you know, you actually have that volume organic growth story coming through for this little business. And it's great if we can get you know very high oil prices recently. The production report, the price is a little bit lower, but there's more to come You know, with the, if the oil price stays at where it is. So I think it's, um, to me, it's very, very interesting. Um, I would put in, um, you know, I would actually say it's a buy um, because uh, without, you know, assuming where the oil price might go, but this one certainly looks really well positioned if the oil price stays where it is, uh, just because organically it's growing. Mm-hmm. And, and in the most recent quarterly, uh, they've managed to cut costs. They've managed to bring mm-hmm. costs down as well. I missed that one, but I did know. I do know. I do pick up on the on the reserve increase. Yeah. Um, I obviously have a. I have a different uh, risk profile. Um, for me, it's 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 too uncertain. I mean. But is that ba- sort of energy ba- producers in general, or anything to do specifically with Karun? Both. Okay. Um, because yes, they, they recently had a positive news flow, but as as history shows you, not just for Karun, but the likes of Beach, and some of the other ones, at some point that that positive news flow that can abruptly change. And before you know it, the share price is, 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 is back to where it was last year or the year before. And, and that for me is too uncertain. Like I have no insights in, in what they're doing operationally. I do, I do read the same broker reports and there's plenty of potential catalysts on the horizon. But if, if they don't all uh, lead to positive news flow, the share price will not, not be high. That might actually be a lot lower. So you're basically counting on the fact here that the, the positive news flow has to continue. And I have no idea about that one. So for me, that's too high of a risk. Um, I'll, I'll go elsewhere with my money. Mm-hmm. Got it. Thank you. Let's get on to the next company on the list, which is Mars Group. Mars Group. I never know how to say it properly. M G H Mars. Yeah, you would know that. We Dutch. We know that. Mars. Yeah, Mars. <laughs> okay. So and it, it, it's a founder-led business. Yes. Um, it's sort of building equipment. Um, you know, servicing yeah. the building and industrial. Uh, markets and it's it's moving outside of Australia as well. It's becoming more global. Uh, is that a is that a risk? Yes, uh, that sector is always underestimated how much risk there is. Contractors, ooh. but um, having said so, uh, the one the one thing to hold against them is that the, they're actually quite new on on the market, and so they haven't really shown what they're made of through the cycle. But having said so. I do think you can, you can take a punt here on, because they are diversified, they are different from most other contractors. They seem to have a quite an interesting business because it's so diversified. And, uh, but what we have to find out in years to come is whether the, the diversification doesn't lead to more problems instead of just compensating for different cycles. Mm-hmm. Because the idea about having a diversified portfolio is that when one side of business is not doing well, the other one compensates. But this is also a sector that uh, easily runs into trouble. One project or two projects is enough to bring mm-hmm. bring down the whole balance sheet. So I'm not so What's sure. What's share price? Well, yeah, why I'm, the share so price come down? I like don't that. know why the share price is, is, is down at much. That can be because of uh, the property market, for example. Yeah, or just recession fears, So I don't know exactly fears, why, right? yes. Yeah. But um, because the share price is so much lower than, than, than where it was, I think you can, you can, you can, you can take a punt here on the, on the expectation that the business model is working, mm-hmm. essentially, but only do it with with that part of the portfolio that is for a little Specky high, higher Specky risks. Yes. Yeah. What, yeah. What do you think, Jimmy? That yeah. that share price drop? Yeah, I think all the contractors sort yeah. of fell around that time. Labor mm. costs was going through the roof. Mm. Labor availability yes. and contractor, yes. like you said, it makes such a thin margin mm-hmm. on you know. So they promised people first when they signed the contract, and yeah. then some of them maybe fixed costs and things, and then suddenly mm-hmm. you have to go and find all the people. You couldn't find the people. Then mm-hmm. that you know the labor cost is a big part of yeah. those contracts, right? And then suddenly the margin disappears. So you know the March quarter last year all the contractors got sold off seven group mm. this one um, mm. Dana like mm. everyone being sold off and um, so yeah so this one is probably one of the better one um, but you know I, I I'm with you like I feel uh, contractor they do run on very thin margins mm. um, you know uh, I think 
it's it's just a very difficult business. You really have to rely a big part on the management, how they do. Um, and I've been told, so our team have spoken to the management things and they really like their track record and the management yeah. team. So they will have more confidence in them. Um, and I would say next 12 months, things um, probably is improving for some of those contractors because labor availability is getting better yeah. and the costs coming down a little mm. bit. Uh, even, you know, you look at Seven Group and, um, and Borrow potentially, you know, things are looking a little bit better. Hopefully not as much rain, um, you know, weather maybe turning yeah. for all of them. So, you know, it may position a little bit better, but just for me, I, I just don't want to invest in those companies. Too difficult. You need to be on call quite often with everyone they, they deal with. And, so, you know, if something goes wrong, um, margin for error is very mm -hmm. small. Yeah. We've seen some bankruptcies in over mm. the years. Yeah, yeah, mm. absolutely. So that is an avoid for Junbei. I'm going to call it that. EOS, Electro Optic Systems. This is for Ben. Like this is an interesting one. It's got you know space debris technology. It's got some sort of a, a jamming system, I think, for defense. Yeah. It's got communications. But I do remember this one always being sort of one of those story stocks. Am I wrong? Mm, uh, it went well for a while. Yeah, went well for a while. <laughs> then it has some issues during the pandemic. Was it just before, just around the time of pandemic? They had that big contract with the Saudi Arabia, and then they refused to pay them. Yeah. And um, yeah. and then the stock back then was all about that contract. And mm. I think I'm not sure. Based on the share price, probably still haven't got paid. Uh, yeah. You know, they probably written it off. I think. Yeah. Um, so that is the challenge. And this. This is from the this is government contract right mm. when when you have you know and, and well, look at that share price yeah. um so you know so there was hope about that coming through and then this is what happened so that is the challenge with this yeah. business um you know i think over the years they try to find diversify and everything else but yeah it's uh, it's it's almost in uninvestable at this it's point it's almost like you have to you have to play this on a, on a on a macro sentiment when mm. when the whole wide world starts buying defense stocks mm. and we don't have we, 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 we yeah. don't have defenses on ASX, so this might this might get sucked in. But on its on its own merits, it's not profitable. It has disappointed quite a lot of uh, investors because they, they, mm. <laughs> they couldn't get the money basically. Mm. And, and it sounds it, good, you know, you're winning well, government contracts yes, in, then, in really, space. You know, I I I I still remember one of the telecommunication companies having a big contract with the Indian government. This 15 years ago, and then the Indian government didn't pay. And that company also no longer is listed on the stock exchange. Mm. So these things, uh, there is, there is even with governments, there is risk. I mean, they're, they're not Australian government who does pay its bills. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, for me, it's it's too small. It's 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 easily hyped up, and then of course it, it, it ends up in the dark corners of the share market. It's not profitable. Um, why would mm. you go there? And why would you stay in it? So it's a sell. Mm. Yeah. All right. So that's Electro Optic Systems, Ben. Let's get on to number nine, IAG. And so we all know what it does. This is for Nick. Uh, we're talking about rising cost of living. We're talking about, you know, insurers. It's not a discretionary mm. piece of spending. Uh, they're able to lift their prices. Uh, is that enough to make you like the insurance sector? Yeah, look at the insurance sector, defensive as it should be, but uh, the share price actually, um, you know, over the last 12 months has shown that it hasn't been all that great. And over the last five years, hasn't been all that great, mm -hmm. to be honest. Um, reason being that insurers is bought in this market as a leverage to the increase in interest rate, yeah. the rate cycle. And the, the backdrop is very positive. So, you know, insurance rates has been falling for so many years. And finally, you know, when interest rate expectations started going higher, they can charge high premium. So everyone jumps on board and buying those QBE, Sun, Suncorp and this one to gain leverage. So you see that big jump. And then and then the, the challenge is they keep having natural disasters. So there's natural disaster after natural disaster. And then people actually started to realize that the premium rate increase doesn't come through all that fast. Um, you can't, when you put up the rates and then, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes people churn. So it takes a very long time, but outlook for the next 12 months still looks great. <laughs> so that premium incre rate increase is still to come, but it just, taking much longer um, before at some point people will you know the individuals will say okay price increase has been too much I might I need to tighten my belt things are a bit tough I may want to downgrade so you know so it, I just feel they they do have a very positive outlook for the next 12 months it's a hold um, at this point I probably more prefer Suncorp than IAG um, you know it's the reason being that Suncorp has a little bit more natural disaster coverage and IAG's already run through all of them so you know that means if they have another 
bad flood periods and things like that, you have earnings downgrade between 10 to 15 percent, uh, where Suncorp is a little bit better covered. Um, and then you can sit there so to hope for, you know, maybe five, 10 percent sort of uh, growth for the next 12 months. Um, it's defensive, paying a lot of dividend. Um, so, you know, it's probably sitting in that defensive part, but it just I'm not very excited about that part. And if you have to hold insurer, Suncorp is probably a little bit better and they're splitting out the bank, but you know, if you have to. If you have to, then <laughs> yeah. that is it, to question yourself. I, I have a different definition about defensive, but uh, we're not going to talk methodology here. Um, I, don't like, I, don't like, I don't like insurers in general, uh, and if you take a longer term view, you, you'll see that it's, it's actually sketchy track record mm -hmm. they have. I can see the attractiveness. Uh, they are most likely going to increase their dividends this year, and, and the dividends are quite quite large. Uh, but if you take a long term view, you see that most share prices, it's, it's, it hasn't, I mean, the market is up on average uh, 9 or 10%, and, and they definitely have not followed in, the, in, the, in those footsteps. The other thing to, to there's, there's two things to point out here. One is, is that they increasingly find it very tough to have reinsurance. Mm -hmm. And, and they have to pay, pay up and, pay, and they, can, they can take on less and less. Some of the analysts are now thinking that they might actually, from next year onwards, they might actually not be able to have any reinsurance anymore, which basically means that the, the risk profile will change. They can't just pass it on to someone else if, if something happens. The other thing too, to point out is that um, from, all the, from all the analysts who cover insurance, uh, and they are becoming positive for the time being on higher bond yields and, and on higher margins because of the premiums. Most of them prefer QBE with uh, Suncorp the second. Almost nobody uh, is positive about IAG. Mm -hmm. um, the, one question mark to throw in here is uh, when is Warren Buffett going to sell his shares? Mm. Um, there's no reason for him to own it now since they revised the deal. Uh, I remember when they made the deal, everyone got excited. Yeah, Warren I Buffett really, owns Australian stock. I saw stock. that news come through yeah. and I wasn't really sure what yeah. it meant. Well, it means that he's not bound now. Under the original agreement, he, 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 had, to hold he had a holding in because they had exclusivity in, in insurance. Now they're allowed to compete with each other and he's oh. no longer bound to own those shares. So it's just, I think it's just a matter of why would he own IAG? Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I think you know, for any investor who just want to buy that rate leverage, there's two mm. ways to do it. One is that you can buy uh, the brokers, yeah. so you know, you have Oz Brokers mm. and Stefas, so they get de de um, you know direct benefit from high prices mm -hmm. without the natural disasters issues and mm. everything else and high costs and things. Mm. So you might as well buy those names. They're a little bit more expensive. Yeah, agreed. But it's you know the cycle looks very mm. strong for them. Um, or you know, if you want to buy because of high interest rate expectations, by computer share. Share price actually has mm. been sold mm. off um, because people thinking, oh, the you know interest rate in the future is going to be cut. Mm. Um, I think, you know, mm. in, instead of insurers, you mm. sit in that one, it's pure play, coming to result, it's going to be great result, lots of cash flow. This is something people underestimate. Lots of cash flow, there's a lot they can do with those mm. extra cash they didn't expect to mm. make. Um, yes, earning next 12 months will be harder because rates potentially going lower, but we still got 12 months and there's so much cash that's coming through. Um, that just seems a much easier mm -hmm. way to play So that. I prefer steadfast. Steadfast. Mm. Yeah. All right, I'm calling that the bonus buy today. <laughs> Ramsey, but also steadfast. All right, guys, thank you. Um, I'm glad you brought up that Buffett thing because you know mm. there's so many things that I need to get across and sometimes I forget to look into it, but now you've answered my question. Good one, Rudy. All right, let's get to Australian Vintage. This is AVG. This is from Rudy. Now I no, get it. No, this is from me. <laughs> <laughs> Saying, looking forward to the last call this evening. You are on the panel, Jube. Yes. We've got to book you in. We're doing the last call once a month on a Friday now. So that's just that. my reminder. <laughs> Put her on the spot in front of everybody. Okay, Australian Vintage uh, Wine. Who doesn't like wine? I might have had a bit too much yesterday on Australia Day. What do you think, Rudy? Again, um, I would go for Treasury Wines. Uh, market leader, much much larger company, probably has uh, on a risk-adjusted basis uh, much better profile. If if the wine industry, China and and other regions, if they really are going through a new upcycle, uh, then Treasury Wines, I think, is a place to go. Why would you go for Australian vintage? Occasionally, you might get your, you might you might get your surprise upside, but this is a much smaller company, uh, much more uh, less predictable. Uh, much less market power, uh, you just name it. Um, on a risk-adjusted basis, I would I would pick Treasury Wines in 90% of the cases. The only reason why I wouldn't maybe sometimes pick it because the share price could be 
a lot higher. But in, in the current circumstances, go for Treasury. Drink the wine. It's don't great wine. Don't necessarily buy it on the market. It is really wonderful wine. What do you think, Jimbe? Yeah, I think uh, the wine's okay. And uh, but my thing is, I will absolutely buy the Treasury wine. Um, you know, well, the China market might be reopening to Treasury. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So the company. So without the China market, company this year is going to grow something like twenty twenty five percent. You know, for the multiple it is on for its prestigious brand. Um, you know, you buy that any time. And if the China relationship thaws, it could be 15-20% upgrade straight away and by consensus. Uh, remember, all the China numbers being washed out now. So to me, it's um, it's optionality, it's um, great brands and, you know, M&A potentially be on the cards, um, you know, and the earnings still benefiting mm. from that post-COVID world. So um, yeah, so that, that one's very clean cut uh, in terms of which one you want mm -hmm. to sit in. Uh, balance sheet, super strong. Um, mm. Yeah. Ben falls all the way. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, you're not getting it tonight, I can tell you that much. All right. Uh, let me just run through what we've learned in that last half. Uh, Karun Gas, it's a buy for Bay. She likes it. It's interesting in that space, in that small mid-cap part of the market. If the oil price continues doing what it's doing, it'll be a good one this year. Uh, it's an avoid for Rudy. He just thinks that oil plays are too risky. He doesn't know what's going to happen with the price of oil. So there you go. Mass Holdings is a specky buy for Rudy. Um, but look, it's too hard basket for June Bay because there's just no real margin for error. There's not a lot of room for error when the margins are that thin. Uh, EOS, it's uninvestable actually in June Bay's view, and it's an avoid for Rudy. He says, look, it's not profitable. It's too small. It's easily hyped. Uh, that's not where he'd be putting his money. You've got to think about risk. Uh, Insurance Australia Group. So this one is a sell. Uh, that's for Rudy. He just doesn't like the insurers in general. Uh, for June Bay, she says if you need to, if you ne if you need to hold an insurer, she would prefer Suncor, but it does play dividend, etc. Um, but uh, IG is just a hold. The, the next 12 months looks pretty good, but steadfast is where she'd want to be in that space because you get the impact of those higher premiums uh, quicker, essentially. And then the last on the list was Australian Vintage. Both of my guests like, as far as an investment goes, Treasury Wine Estates. Keep in mind, they've diversified, made big inroads into other markets, and then China may reopening as we, as we see this thawing of trade relationships between the two. Well, that has brought us very nicely to the end of the program. Uh, Rudy Philippic Bendijk from FN Arena, thank you. Thanks for all of your insights. I was in the neighborhood, I thought, let's hop in. Yeah, okay. Well, I guess you're going to stick around. We've yes. got a desk out there if you'd like to stay. <laughs> the last call has a new time. It's at 3.30 p.m. So it'll go about 3.30 to 4.30. So we do hope you can join us for that. Jim Lu from Tribeca Investment Partners, always a pleasure to have you in. Thank you for having really me. Really appreciate it. And uh, if you feel like stopping by for a drink, of course you're more than welcome. <laughs> I certainly will be in soon. Yeah, all right. Um, look, uh, that's our show for today. If you have any companies you would like us to cover, feel free to flick us an email, the call at ausbiz.com.au, or you can tweet at TV. Uh, don't go anywhere. We've got the small caps coming up next. I'll be speaking with uh, Claude Walker. He's going to be talking about three small caps that have had quarterlies out today. Uh, we'll also be speaking with the CFO of Before Pay. It's a small company. It did release its quarterly earning. I should say the loss has grown. Uh, margins are down. So we'll try to find out where to for this, well, sometimes controversial company, we've got to say. That's uh, coming right up on the small caps. Stay with us. The Call is brought to you by CMC Markets, a world-leading online trading platform for CFDs and shares around the globe. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.